Now we're taking it from the bottom of the page on Daf Yud Chesam at base. The Tanur Abanan Beishami Omrim Beishami says Lo Yimkar Adam Chemtzo Lenachri. A uh, a person is not allowed to sell his chametz to the Gentile. Elim Ken Yodeh Bo Sheyichle Kodem Apesach. Unless you know that uh, the chametz that you sold him, he's going to be able to finish before Pesach. Okay, that's the joke that people say this year that if you sell your chametz to the to the guy before Pesach, who knows if he's going to let you buy it back afterwards. <laughs> it's a joke. Okay. All right. Whatever. Um, anyway, the point being is, is that uh, according to the Beishami's opinion, he can't own um, the, that which you sold him, even Chametz, unless it's, he has to have a, enough time before Pesach to finish it. Okay. As long as I am allowed to eat it, mutter lemochra, I'm allowed to sell it, which is, as we know, the last minute that you're allowed to eat it is on on erev Pesach. There's a limitation, so the sale has to be effective as of that point in time. Okay. Rabbi Yudomer Rabbi Yudha says kuta chabavli. So as we know, Kutaf Bavli is a dip. It's a dairy dip using spoiled milk and breadcrumbs. And it's eaten very slowly over a long period of time. So when you, um, so you should not sell it within 30 days because it's going to be um, it apparently was a delicacy, so it won't be able to be finished before Pesach. So that's the reason why you don't want the person to be tempted to keep it over Pesach. And that's the issue over there. Very interesting. Next thing, Tanur Abanan. Um The reason why 30 days is the marker is, uh, is because we're already obligated to start thinking about Pesach from 30 days before. Uh, that's when they start darshaning about the laws of Pe- Pesach. And that's the story. Okay, next thing. You're allowed to put food out in your courtyard for the dog to eat. And not Luviatsa. And if the dog picks it up and carries it out into the public, it's obviously not your problem. Um, you don't have to like beat the dog up and not let it carry outside. It's up, The dog's doing it for his own sake. And the dog, although we have a concept of making your animals not work on Shabbos, that's not work for you. But if they're doing a malacha for themselves, like the dog decided to carry the bone wherever he wants to carry it, and it's it's not a problem. Okay. Similarly, you're allowed to feed a Gentile in your courtyard. And if he decides that he doesn't want to eat there where it's not carrying, and he takes it outside to where, you know, takes it home, then it's not, again, not your problem. So the Gemara says, why would I need to talk about both cases? What's the difference between the dog and the Gentile? Okay. Um, so that's the question. So the Gemara says, I might have thought, that you might think that the dog is your responsibility to feed, but the Gentile, it's really not your responsibility to feed the Gentile. So, therefore, maybe since there's a responsibility to feed the animal, the dog, so maybe it would be uh, less of a problem because you have to feed it. So, we're, what it does is not your problem, but, it's, but where it's not your problem, so like maybe you shouldn't even open yourself up to the possibility 
that the uh, Gentile is going to carry it or take it when it might look bad. So, Kamash um, Malan, that we don't worry about it in either case. Okay, next Mitch, next piece. Tanner, sorry? A slave is your responsibility, and he has to keep Shabbos, so that is your worry. Okay? Slave is Chayv and Shabbos. Okay, Tanner upon the rabbis learned, Lo yaskir Adam Kelov Lenachri. Be'erev Shabbos. You're not allowed to lend your... Uh, you're not allowed to rent your items to a Gentile on Erev Shabbos. But on but on Wednesday or Thursday, that's okay. But Friday, no. Okay, so you're renting out your things and he's going to be paying, uh, renting it for Shabbos. Kiyotzebo in Meshalchin Igar Egros. Similarly, you don't send letters in a Gentile, you know, mailman uh, hands on Erev Shabbos. But on Wednesday and Thursday is okay. They said about Rabbi Yosef Cohen, Al Rabbi Yosef Chasid, He never sent any mail with a Gentile. Okay. But now we're going to get into this mailing letters. What exactly is the halacha over here? Because that sounds like you're, you know, you're not allowed to put stuff in the mailbox. And so far, it sounds like you're not allowed to put stuff in the mailbox on a Friday. Um, only on Wednesday or Thursday um, is it okay. So that's what it sounds like. So let's continue. Now here we see a little bit more of a uh, uh, leniency. Unless, kotzitz lodamim, there's a set fee, and basically, no matter when he delivers it, you pay the same fee. That's the that's what we're talking about over here. Beishami Omrim, Beishami says, lebeso, um, with enough time that he can make it to his house. Um, so Beishami says, uh, we'll see more about this. That he has to be able to make it uh, to the house that you're sending it to, meaning. I gave him enough time on uh, Erev Shabbos, let's say, to deliver it. It's like uh, five miles away. He can make it before Shabbos. If I put, if you give it to him on Friday morning, then it's okay. But otherwise, not. He doesn't have to make it all the way, just outside, you know, to the first house in the city. Question is, what's the problem? He was given a set price, and therefore, why is there even a concern in this case, he you you know doesn't he's not doing it for you anymore. He's doing it for his wages. Now, by the way, every mail that we mail out, you put a stamp on it. That's a set price. Also, any mail you know the FedEx, it's prepaid. You put on the stamp. It, there's an expectation when it's supposed to be delivered by. But the point is, isn't that qualify as a set price? Okay. The point is, it's can he's when it's when he already has his fee. And it's set what his fee is, so then the reason why he's delivering it now is because now's a good time for him or convenient for him. He's not doing it for you. That's basically the principle. So Amr of what's going on here is this. If you never establish the prize, that's what you have to like sort of add in the machlokis Bisham Basilo. Then Bishame Omrim Achia Meaning it's not a set fee. You pay him by the hour, 
how whenever he uh, you know however long it took him, it's sort of like you're sending it on an Uber. That's what we're discussing over here. Bashami says Achegil Beso Basil says Achegil Actually Uber there is a set fee, I forgot about that, but whatever. You know, uh, uh, just a taxi. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's the story. Um, so the Gemara answers, But I thought you said earlier that you're not allowed to send a letter. So why over here does Basil say you are allowed to send the letter? And over there, uh, uh, he said that you can't send letters by, in the hands of a Gentile on Erev Shabbos, only on Wednesdays or Thursdays. So the Gemara answers, Lokash is not difficult. Is there a house where a, a, a central place in town where all mail gets delivered to or not? If there is, so then you would be allowed to send, right? There. So that's what we call a mail house. That's a word that we use for modern day mail is a Beidor. And uh, in those days, that's what it was. There was a basically a central office, the post office, where all mail got delivered to, and people who got mail, they would come in and say, oh, did I get any mail today? And here's your mail. And, and therefore, um, so basically, if you have that guy in your town, so even if there's not a set fee, um, uh, so basically, uh, um, um, basically, and the, the where he says that you can't send is where he's, there is no such guy in that town, and if he doesn't find it, he's gonna probably he's gonna try to chase after you on Shabbos. But the point being is is that he can get to the to the central post office before Shabbos, and therefore that's why it's not a problem. Um, and that's the idea, basically. Okay, brings us to the next thing. Tanur the rabbis learn misvina. We don't go on a ship. Less than three days before Shabbos. We don't take a ship, uh, a trip on a cruise prior to Shabbos, three, uh, close to Shabbos three days. When is that? That's if I'm going for pleasure or for a rishus. If I'm going for mitzvah cases, that Shabbat and then it's okay. You make a deal with the... Well, yes. That's what it's saying here. Correct. Unless it's unless it's a mit a cruise for a mitzvah, okay. Oposek imo almenaz lishbos, and uh, you also make a condition that he should rest that he should not do melacha on Shabbos. Ve'ino Shabbos. But what he does is he's up to him. It's not a pro- problem. Divrei Rebbe Rishim Gamliel Omer. Ainu Tzarek. There's no reason you don't have to make that condition with him. But if it's a very short cruise, for you going from Tzor to Tzidon, so then, then even an Erev Shabbos would be permissible because uh, that can be done in one day. So one day's journey, if you're taking a cruise, you know, that's a short journey, basically from a ferry, basically, you could go on Friday if you know that the Boulevard Peninsula Ferry, it's a 10-minute drive, so you could do that on Fridays. You know that that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about where the 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 trip on the cruise is going to be going over Shabbos. 
you are obligated to worry about that if you start off close to Shabbos. Okay. Similarly, Tan Rabban the Rabbis learn in Tzorin ala Rayos ala Yaros shall Nachrim Pachos Migim Yamim Kodim Shabbos. We do not create a siege around a city, even if it's a Gentile city, within three days before Shabbos. Because we know that the sieges continue. It's going to continue most likely even on Shabbos. It's not likely that they're going to you know, capitulate right away on your siege. Okay? And if you did him a schilu, but if you started from before Shabbos, and mafsikin, you're allowed to continue the siege, even though by definition, to continue a siege would qualify as doing malacha. That's okay. You, when you have an obligation of destroying the city, whatever, whatever the reason is why we're attacking the city, you're allowed to do so even on Shabbos. That's the law. Okay. Brings us to the next thing. Amr of Shim ben Gamliel. Rav Shim Gamliel says, No again, how you? We mentioned that uh, our family, he said, even though I come from Hillel, but our family is machmir not to give our white laundry within three days before Shabbos because it takes three days to clean. Tanya, we learned that Abraham Reb Tzadok. Reb Tzadok says, Kach hoi minogo shal beis Rabbi Gamliel. This was the custom of the house of Rabbi Gamliel. Shal yunosnin kli lavon lekoves. We are on Yud Tesam and Aleph at the, you know, like uh, two-thirds of the way down. That's where we are. Okay. Um, so, Reb Tzadok says, Kach hoi minogo shal beis Rabbi Gamliel. Shal hoi yunosnin kli lavon lekoves gimel yamim. Now, when it comes to colored clothes, that wasn't a problem. I feel the Arab Shabbos, they would do so even on Arab Shabbos. And what we see from here is, that white clothes, it must be much harder to clean than colored clothes. I guess the colored clothes. Uh, it has a little more give. You don't notice the stains as much. But a white clothes, it's much easier to notice the stains, and that would be problematic to do. It's much harder of a, of a job. So what happened? So this is an interesting, like why is that an important thing to know? <laughs> that it's uh, more work to launder white clothes? We'll see right now. Abaya hava yavlo aumana ditzviya lekatsra. He went to the laundryman, and he gave him a colored shirt, and he said, "Well, how much is it going to cost me?" What do you want for to clean this shirt? The same as the white shirt that you gave me yesterday. I know that the white shirt takes like much more work to clean than the colored shirt. If you charge me a lot for that, you can't charge me the same price for this. I'm not going to fall for it because the rabbis told me that to clean a colored shirt is a lot less work. Okay. Amar Bay, another good advice. Haiman, do you have mana lekatsra? If you give a cloak or a garment to the laundryman, bimashka nesivle u bimashka nishkomine. You should measure. The jacket before and measure after. Why? The taffy, if it's larger than it was, he obviously 
ruined it, Dematri, because he stretched it out too much. The Batsir, and if it's shorter than it was, he shrunk it, Afsadei de Kavtsei, it shrunk. So uh, you measure it when you pick, when you drop off and pick up, so you know that it's the same measure, that he did a good job, and that's, uh, and that's just a, a way to protect yourself. Very interesting. Okay, brings us to the next thing. Vishavin, they all agree. Vishavin, Elu, Ve'elu, Shetoanin. We said that both Beishame and Beishelel agree in the Mishnah that you can start the pressing process from before. So, Maishna Kulu de Gazru Buhu Beishamai, or Maishna Kurus Beisabas, Vuguli Agas, the Logosru. So, the question is, why is all these other things that's listed in the Mishnah, Beishamai uh, says it's not allowed? And why is the press of the of the oil or the or the wine legal? What's the difference? He didn't make a on these. What's the difference? So the answer is Hanachti Avilu Bishabis Mechayv Chatas. Any of these other activities, if you do it on Shabbos, you Bechayv Chatas. Gazer Bu Beishamai Shami says therefore you can't do it even erev Shabbos and Chashecha right before Shabbos. It's he doesn't allow because if you did it on Shabbos, it would be prohibited. Okay, Koros Beisabad. The Guliagas, but however, the, uh, the 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 press of the oil and the press of the wine, the Avidu Bishabs, if you do so on Shabbos, Lomachaiv Khatas. That's not a Khiv Khatas on Shabbos. Logasra they never made Xera. Now, why is it not Khaiv Khatas on Shabbos? So Rashi so Rashi explains um, that in in all these cases it was um, um, their, their action was already started from before Shabbos, and it's anyway going to be slowly dripping out, okay? Um, and that's the difference. In other words, this just speeds up the process, but it would happen anyway. Okay, so Mantan, the question is, Whose opinion is it that it's not a Malacha Shabbos if it will happen just by itself, and you're just speeding the process? So Amr Yossi, Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Yosef Chanina says, Rabbi Shmueli, this is really Rabbi Shmuel's opinion that says that since these things would anyway drip out slowly over Shabbos, by putting that weight from before Shabbos, it just speeds up the process, so then it's okay. Because we learned in the Mishnah, Hashum v'abosar v'amlilos, garlic, bosar are unripe grapes, v'amlilos, which are uh, grains, that uh, are not fully ripened. Um, what they used to do is they would shariskan ribodium and they basically ground them down from before Shabbos. They can finish draining on after Shabbos on Shabbos. Rabbi Kiva says lo yigmar that you don't um, you cannot put them that way before Shabbos under the weight and let it continue on Shabbos. So both the versions that we said in our Mishnah, Bisham Silo, is following Rabbi Shmuel's understanding and not um, and not Rabbi Akiva's understanding. Okay, now that's so he says who's it going like Rabbi Shmuel? Who said that? That was um Rabbi Yossi Brabchanina says it's going like Rabbi Shmuel. Okay, now the Rabbi Lazar, Rashi says this is Rabbi Lazar the Amora, which is Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas. He said, Amar Rebbe Lazar. Uh, so Rebbe Lazar, Amar Rebbe Lazar. He's going like Rebbe Lazar, the Tana. So there's a Tana Rebbe Lazar, who's Rebbe Lazar ben Shamua. 
the Stam Rebelotzer, Rebelotzer and Shemur, says Rashi, and that's whose opinion it's following. Because the Mishnah says like this, Chalus Tavash, you have honeycombs, Shiriskan Me'erev Shabbos, and you cut the combs on Erev Shabbos, so to allow the honey to drip out of the honeycombs. V'yatsu Me'atzman, and they slowly dripped out on Shabbos, also that's forbidden. Rebelotzer says, as long as you cut it from before Shabbos, and it's slowly dripping out, that's perfectly fine uh, to do so right before Shabbos. Um, so basically, and Rebbe Lazar's din is the same idea over here. You started the process, and therefore it's happening over Shabbos. It's, not this, it's exactly the same thing. Now, the question is, both Rebbe Lazar and Rebbe Shmuel seem to be saying our idea. Why does Rebbe Yosef Rebbe tell us it's Rebbe Shmuel and not Rebbe Lazar? And why does Rebbe Lazar say it's Rebbe Lazar not Rebbe Yosef, not, and not Rebbe Shmuel? That's what the Gemara is asking now. So, first question. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanin, in my time alone, Rabbi Lazar, why didn't he say it's going like Rabbi Lazar? Amr lach, hasam hu demei kara. Ochel, ulu besof, ochel. In the case of the honey, it's less problematic because you're starting, honey is food. When it's in the honeycombs, it's food. When it comes out, it's food. So, food to food is not a problem and therefore you can allow so to happen on Shabbos. As opposed to over here, by the case of grapes and olives, you're getting from food to liquid. That's perhaps worse. And he wanted a source that's a stronger source, and that's why he said it must be going like Rabbi Ishmael. What is Rabbi Lazar? Why did he tell us it's going like Rabbi Lazar and not Rabbi Ishmael? So Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, I heard that it, that Rebbe Lazar held that it's true for olives and grapes as well. In other words, yes, he said it by honey, but I know, but I had a tradition, he had a tradition that Rebbe Lazar said so even by the olives and grapes. If you scored them from before Shabbos, that's what Riskin is, like he started the process from before Shabbos, and they slowly tripping out. Asurin, it's forbidden. Reb Lazar, Reb Shem, Matian, Reb Lazar, Reb Shem, both Matian. So I had a tradition in from the price that Reb Lazar allows it even when it's from solid to liquid. Now, for Reb Yosef, Reb Chanina, the reason why Reb Yosef, didn't say that because he never heard of the price. Now, back to the other question. Reb Lazar, my time alone, Reb Yosef, Reb Chanina, that it's going like, oh, like Reb Yishmael. Amr Lach, Lavit isn't there already a statement on that? If it still needs basic grinding, everybody, then there's no argument. Meaning it was never ground prior to the putting it in the press. That's for sure not allowed. Where it's most of the way, uh, you know, it's even it, 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 it's partially ground. But there's still more grinding that you could do to help get more out. If you put it in the press and that's what's causing it to come out, there's still more scoring that should more crushing that should have happened before Shabbos, and that's why he says that that's uh, that 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 should not be allowed because um, um, even Rabbi Shmuel wouldn't allow it in this case. He only allowed it when it has a full-fledged dicha. Our case over here is not a full-fledged dicha, according to him, and that's why Rebbe Lazar rejected the explanation of 
Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina. Okay. What happened in the end? Bottom line, halacha, hora, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina, to Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina practically ruled like Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yishmael that it is permissible and it's legal to do so. Start the process um, from before Shabbos. Again, um, that's the story. Okay. Brings us to the next case. Shemen shel badadin. Omachzolo shel badadin. Okay, so there was a, a the people who were working the press and the oil that would get stuck in the press, basically like in the corners and crevices of the press, that oil was the leg- legally owned by the press people themselves. It's like one of the perks, uh, you know, sort of like if you're the artisan, you get to keep the sawdust. Similarly, they bring you the grapes and you also get, they pay you, but you also get to keep the oil that's in the, you know, that gets caught in the, in the press. Okay, the machzalos are these mats, again, also has oil on them. So, so those, the oil of the badadin, the machzalos of the badadin, Rav Asar, Rav says it's Asar, it's, because it's, you can't use that on Shabbos, because it's mokza, or Shmuel Shari, Shmuel says it's permissible, because it's, because Shmuel doesn't hold of mokza. See, we'll see what that means. Similarly, Hanikachi de Zuzi, Rashi says Zuzi here is like the word Zugi, which is basically a type of, it's like a type of tarp that they use to cover the stuff in the ship. Okay, Rav Asa, Rav says it's, it's Mukta, Ushmoshar, Ushmo says it's not Mukta. Amar Rav Nachman, Ez Lechalba, Virachel Ligizasa, Vitarnagolas Lebetzasa, Vitore de Ridia. Any of these animals, and a goat that's used for milking, so it's specifically designated for milking, a sheep that's this specifically set aside for shearing, for its wool production, and a chicken that's set aside for its egg, and an ox that's usually that's set aside for, heart, for, for plowing, and the dates that are given over for sale, for business, you're not, not, it's not meant for eating, it's for sale. So Rav Asr Shmuel Amar Mutar. Rav says it's prohibited to use on Yom Tif, let's say, because it's Mukta for you, and you can't Shecht it for yourself on Yom Tif, because the both, they all those things are not meant for your food. Shmuel Amar Mutar Shmuel says it's permissible. What's the Machlokas between Rav and Shmuel? V'kamifliki v'plukta... Rav Yudah, the Plukta de Rav Yudah, Rav Shimon, the famous Machlokas, when it comes to Muktzah, between Rav Yudah and Rav Shimon, Rav Yudah has an expansive concept of Muktzah, and Rav Shimon says a much more limited Muktzah law. So Rav holds like Rav Yudah, and Shmuel holds like Rav Shimon. So we have here a story. Autamida, there was a student, the Ori Becharita de Argis, Kirib Shimon. I'm sorry, Becharta. Charta is the name of a place. De Argis, and uh, basically there was this uh, person who was a uh, who that's the name of the the city. So this Charta de Argis, Argis is Charta, Argis city called Charta. Anyway, happens to be the place where Rav Hamnuna was the rabbi, and he ruled Kerib Shimon. Okay, Shante Rav Hamnuna, Rav Hamnuna put him in Cherem for doing so. Ah, but I don't understand. We we hold like Rub Shimon. That's the Psaqalakh. We pass like Rub Shimon over Abuda 
when it comes to Muksa. So the answer is that might be true, but Ba'asri de Rav Hava. This is the town of Rav. And in his town, you don't go against his rulings. And the Lord Boyle, the Mebed Hachi, shouldn't have done so. Anywhere else, the Allah might follow Rab Shimon, but not in the town of Rav, who Paskans like Rab Yuda. It's sort of like in Bnei Brak, the Allah follows the Pulsic Chazanish Chumras, stringencies, because that is the, uh, he was the rabbi of Bnei Brak. So that's the idea. Hani Trey Talmidi. Um, there were two students, okay, an interesting other halacha, chad matzil bechad mana. Um, there was one who saved for, if your house is burning down, there's a halacha that you're allowed to take just the food that you need. But what he did is he filled up a single container of hundreds of loaves of bread, whatever he could fit in, even though it was more than he would be able to consume, because as long as you're filling up one, it's okay. And the other one filled up even four or five measures, okay? But he, um, he just put them all into one very, very large vessel, and he carried it out in one carrying. The dispute between the two is uh, upcoming machlokis, which we'll get to later on. What are you allowed to do in cases of a fire? It's machlokis. Can, you're allowed to take one thing out, no matter what size it is, or uh, or you're allowed to take one portion, but uh, it doesn't. Anyway, that's a machlokas. We'll get to Mirz Hashem much later on. It's Andaf Kuf Chaf. So that's a ways later. All right. We can time wise. I think um, we'll stop over here and we'll take it from the Mishnah for tomorrow. And I hope everyone has a great day. And uh, hang in there, and we'll see you tomorrow, Mir Tashem. You too. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. What?